Uh, hello and uh, welcome to Generation FM. We've got a bit of a different show today. We're experimenting with a show which doesn't really have a name, but I'm guessing you might name it after the theatre group that it originates from. Which is? The Theatre and the Colour Passion. <laughs> which uh, all of you out there on Facebook and you live in Perth should search that in Facebook and find it and join it if you're interested in theatre. Uh, sort of like a, a book club, but like a theatre club. Um, on the last Friday of each month, uh, roughly, we organise... Well, the organisers, who you meet some of them in a second, will uh, uh, organise tickets to a show and then they organise a QA and a afterwards and it's a pretty cool way to like set that night aside each month to go and see some theatre and introduce other people, your friends, who wouldn't normally go to theatre to go, um, stuff like that. Um, but before I go further, I'll uh, introduce you to who I have with me today. I have the co-founder of Theatre and the Colour Passion, Misha Ip. Hello. <laughs> and with us today, joining us to help actually make this quite an interesting podcast, we're having a third person in the room. I don't always get multiple people, but um, is Georgia King. Hello. <laughs> um, so do you guys just want to give a brief injection of who you are, what you do, etc.? This is Misha. Sure. My name's Misha and um, I, um, you know, organise Theatre and the Colour Passion, which is, like James said, a theatre club. And it's also got two other syndicate parts to it. One is an advanced acting course for actors in Perth so that they can casually um, maintain their skills as actors and continue improving the skills. We work with um, a... <laughs> I just knocked the table, excuse me. And we work with we like a that, yeah. collection like nice of um, table. <laughs> <laughs> um, great directors in Perth that um, show us their different ways of working and that kind of thing. And then we also have a fundraiser as part of the theatre club which currently is for a documentary called An Australian Citizen's Diary, which is being made to inspire refugees and to educate non-refugees. And so where um, the people who are making the documentary, which is including me, will be going to Africa in November to get that happening. So we're trying to do some fundraising through the theatre club as well. And you guys have a website for that project? Um, we have got a website for the documentary, and that is, shall I say it? Yeah, yeah www.australiancitizensdiary.com.au Sweet. Yeah, which people can um, also donate tax-deductible donations to because it is a registered um, kind of charity thing <laughs> through yeah, yeah. Documentary Australia website. Sweet. Yeah. And Georgia, you? Okay, well, I am Georgia and I am a participant in Theatre and the Colour Passion as well as the Advanced Acting Classes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess I'll be giving the perspective of someone who's joined and and I'm involved in that. She's side. really funny as well. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I won't, but I'm purposely not going to be funny during this podcast. Oh, oh good. <laughs> so good. don't get your hopes up. <laughs> uh, now, we're uh, recording this on what, the is it 4th of, 4th of yes. September? It and um, this will hopefully go up at least the 5th. Of September, um, last week we went to uh, a show. Um, was the last month's session of the theatre club, um, which we went saw in Perth. Being earnest, um, and we're later on the show we're going to actually post a Q and A that we recorded after the show, so you guys can hear it, so you can get a sample of what it's like, and you can get a good idea of the atmosphere. It's quite a nice atmosphere. Going, listen to these people talk about what they do. Um, but I just wanted to start off things now that we've introduced ourselves about what you guys have all been doing in regards to like what theatre else, what other theatre have you been seeing, say in the last, because it's the first one in the last couple of months, 
um, and what have you heard going on in Perth? All right. Well, um, the Theatre Club, the last few shows in the Theatre Club I've seen have been um, The Jewel, which was directed by Matt Lutton and put on by Thin Ice Productions. And um, we've also seen The Glass Menagerie by Black Swan. And we've also seen a couple of Blue Room shows. And let me just put a shout out to the Blue Room. They are one of the most supportive um, arts venues in Western Australia. And I couldn't speak more highly of them. And I love going to their theatre. They make they work with independent artists and they make really innovative theatre. So we went and saw a play called Alvin Sputnik, The Deep Sea, The Adventures of a Deep Sea Explorer which has now gone to New York and performed at the New York Fringe Festival and was a phenomenal show. It was um, it used um, visual AV devices, which was done live as well as pre-planned. Cool. And it, then it used puppetry and music and lights, and it was phenomenal. And then we've also seen um, a couple of other shows at the Blue Room that unfortunately I wasn't able to make it because I think that I was in Melbourne for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So um, that, yeah, we've been seeing some really great shows, a great variety as well. We like to go to the really professional stuff that have fully fully funded and then also we like to go to the co-op stuff where they don't have a lot of money but they have really creative ideas and stuff like that. And it's good, I think, to keep the balance of seeing you know, things that aren't, you know, mega professional, like you were kind of mm. saying, part of the concept of seeing things of a variety is that um, to support people that are working really hard that maybe aren't getting paid as much as those really, really high-end professional yep. groups. Definitely, mm. yeah. And um, a specific thing is we really, a big goal of the theatre club is to expand theatre audiences so that more money can go into the theatre so that we can start creating better theatre because there is so much talent, individual talent in Perth and so many great teams that often don't have the time to really flesh out their work because they don't have the money so they're going and working in other jobs to keep themselves alive. So we really want the theatre industry in Perth to really be able to get more money by having more audiences and then just really grow. And also there are a lot of people, really talented people, who are doing theatre for nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it'd be, it, you if know, they could those get paid. people. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm. I went to, um, uh, there's a Perth Now, which is like Sunday Times' website yep. online. Um, they have, uh, there's obviously two journalists, Julian, out about to wear how, whether Perth's Dullsville or not. And um, one guy was complaining, oh, it's Dullsville and put all these videos on or we can't, the calls are worse unopened. And the other guy, all his uh, counter argument was he just put a list of all the stuff that's going on in September and you just go on this list and you scroll down and you scroll wow. down and you're scrolling down and you're scrolling down and like half of it is theatre. There's so much theatre going on in Perth. Yeah. But they're all like little things spread out around Perth. Mm. And uh, I know they are building a theatre in Northbridge. Yes. It's rumoured to be called the Heath Ledger Theatre. Which it could, will be called the Heath that, Ledger. Is that really? Yep, yeah, yeah. confirmed, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> and which will bring a lot of stuff back into Perth, which just yeah. needs to revise the, like, the centre of it. Yeah. The main but, thing uh, is we need to increase the audience. Like, yeah. Because mm. there's no which point in having all of these shows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If people aren't going to watch them. Well, I went to, man, I went to, me and a friend tried to go see The Wedding Singer. It was on a Subiaco Arts Centre and we turned up and was sold out. Couldn't get tickets to that. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Some shows are obviously getting the publicity, shows, but yeah. then I don't know how big the theatre is. Maybe it's one of these. I went to another show with uh, Katia Shevstov. She's a local actor. She invited yeah. me along too. She wanted to show she was in, um, and 
it was full, but there was like, you know, it was one of the various very intimate theaters. There's only like 20 seats and mm. you're like right in the audience. Yeah. And uh, you literally get um, the bits of their spit, even when you're in the back row, you get bits of the spit <laughs> from the actors on them. Which I love shows like that. They discuss that in the Q&A <laughs> later on. Um, uh, so I was looking on your Facebook, Misha, stalking you, and uh, you're saying you've got a, a few different theater projects coming up that you're appearing in. Yeah, um, I'm really excited because one of my biggest passions ever is acting. And I've been putting a lot of time and effort into other things, such as the theatre club. Um, but finally, I've gotten into a couple of shows. Um, one's a, a deck chair umbrella project. So it's being directed by Mark Storen, and it's a, a double bill. So there's two shows. One's called Forget Me Not, and one's called Refractions. I'll be acting in Forget Me Not. And we've got a great cast of um, quite well-known actors um, in Perth, such as Sam Longley who was, um, just, you know, for those that don't know, was is just acted in the Where the Wild Things Are, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big film that's about to come out. And um, Spike Jones. Yeah, Spike Jones film, thank you. And, um, and w- the Theatre Club will be going to see that show in the end of October. Mm-hmm. And then I also just got cast in Eat My Monologues, which will be on at the Bamboo Lounge behind the Lux Bar, which is a beautiful venue, outdoor venue. And, um, but I I will probably only be performing that next year, but there's going to be every month for about six months or so from now onwards where, um, there'll be performances of monologues, different actors doing monologues, having been directed by different people. So it's a really awesome, amazing initiative, uh, run by a gorgeous girl, um, whose name has slipped my Claire mind. French. Yay, yeah. Claire French. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So Frenchy. Google So, so Frenchy. Frenchy Productions. You will find out about her. Yep, yeah. that's her company. And she's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She's very innovative and very lovely. Um, I uh, I went and saw one of the last, in this last series, there was like four, and I think two of my friends were in one of them, and I missed, couldn't go to that one, but then they, I went to the next one and saw, because they have... For this series, that last series at least, they had the each they did it for a month each Thursday night, and each week they had the same monologues, but directed by different directors and different actors, and they were com- all completely different takes on the thing. So it was when pretty it interesting start, project. Misha? I actually don't know um, because I, I think it starts uh, October November ish, but everyone Once should check it's warm that out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, because that I went be that bamboo theater is really awesome, but I went there in winter. It's pretty cold. It can yeah, get and they, cold. the gas heaters ran out, and everyone's like going. Ugh. Yeah, shivering. Mm. But um, that would be awesome in summer project. Mm. Have and you I guys ever been in? When was that opened? I've never. I just turned up and was bamboo. like, Whoa. Yeah. yeah, I'd never seen it either until mm. I went to see the last season of Eat My Monologues. They and just yeah. redid it. It's been there for quite a few years, but they've oh, yeah. redone it up, and it's um. And now they're starting to use it in all kinds of interesting ways, like theatre and different things. Mm. Yeah. And dance, it used to I just think. be a music venue. Mm. Mm. And I also went to one of the shows last season, and there was one actress that just blew my mind. She just—it was—it was such a phenomenal performance, and I was really inspired. So, um, there's high caliber. Oh no, oh, no! I sound like I'm speaking myself up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw last Expect season. The best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I last season when I went, there was some really talented people. <laughs> cool. Uh, what about Georgia? You, you, what is this acting course like? You that you're doing? Oh, the, Push the, the, the acting advanced course. acting. Yeah. yeah, it's it's excellent. I mean, it's just the best part about How it. Do people I guess. get involved in that? See, I didn't even know about it until tonight. Today. Mm. With kind of secretive. Oh, it's yeah. secret. But it's I'm not sorry. a so secret, just, clearly, because yeah. we're talking about it. It's a, Well, I get the, guess the idea is just to be kind of particular about who's involved because we want it to maintain a certain 
level without yeah. sounding oh, so you have to kind And of it's only because um, there's a lot of acting classes out there yeah, 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 and yeah. they've all got beginners in them. Yeah, yeah. So there's not actually a casual place or an evening place that people can go. So people maybe if they come along to the theatre nights and get their way into the groove and come part of a thing. Or even go, just oh, kind of meet Misha maybe. and um, I guess go you know, through you and... Yeah, and I mean, what happens is if I don't know the person, if they come and ask, they want to be um, in the acting classes, I'll ask them to send me through a CV. Yeah. And then if I'm unsure, like if I'm like, I'm not sure if you'll be, feel comfortable in the environment because we do want the directors to be pushing us. Yeah. Um, if I'm worried that they might feel, I'll, I might say to them, you can come for a three-week trial yeah. and give it a shot and, you know, see if they feel comfortable and I'll see if they seem to fit in and we can kind of agree um, on, you know, what will make sense. Um or someone sends through their CV and I'm like, fantastic, come through. Or I might say, look, um, you know, go to these classes, which are great classes. Please don't get me wrong. But they are for beginners and they'll mm-hmm. be a great place yeah, for yeah. people to start. Yeah. Uh, I guess the, we don't want people to feel uncomfortable if a, we're working with a director who mm. might be quite critical mm. and yeah, yeah. really pull apart what you're doing. And that can be very intimidating for people who haven't got a lot of experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, it's been really good. It's it's a great um, idea to have it as a drop-in kind of thing. So you don't have to come for any particular amount of time. If you can't make it one week, that's fine. And But obviously, the more you attend, the further you develop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to get um, working with different directors. We've worked with Adam Mitchell. At the moment, we're working with Emily McLean for five-week block, Marcel Schmidt, um, Thomas Papathanasio. Andrew Hale. Andrew Hale. And next up, we've got Marissa Gareffa so for 10 weeks. It's good to mm. get a variety of different people to work with and also maybe some exposure with those people. Mm. And Absolutely, because these directors are working right now and yeah. they see you and they like your work. Um, they could potentially want to cast you. And great news that Georgia doesn't even know about, but she'll be excited about potentially. Um, Marissa <laughs> Gareffa is looking at our 10-week process actually going towards creating a show Yay! that we might pitch in the Blue Room. So um, I, That's what I've been wanting. I know, me too. And I know other people in the group have I too. I shouldn't gush too much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what it will be me, is it will still be accessible to people who want to come one-off. So they'll still get something out of the one-off session or whatever. But the people that want to commit for the 10 weeks, you know, it'll be really a great journey and a great potential thing that where we can maybe look into taking it Doing somewhere. a project yeah. with yeah. it. Yeah, which is awesome. something we've talked about since day one about what we'd like to get out of it. Because classes. the potential is great. I mean, because yeah. the hard thing about being an actor is it's not like being an artist or being a, in fashion. Mm. You can't work unless you've got other people to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't always have the opportunity to work with people. So it's now that we've got a group of actors together, it sort of seems silly to waste the opportunity to maybe put a project together. Totally. So that's great that we Isn't can Isn't that do. great? Yeah. So great. Sounds awesome. Uh, so, yeah, last Friday we went and saw um, The Importance of Being Earnest at the Subiaco Arts Theatre. And um, I just, I don't actually know, I just turned up. I'll get Misha to actually tell you what who who ran it and everything like that. Yeah. But I'll just we'll go around and just say what we thought of it and then we'll introduce the Q and A. Beautiful. Um so Misha, what was who was running okay. this show? So the importance of being earnest was being put on by Class Act Theatre and Bare Naked Theatre. Uh, who are, the Class Act is particularly established in Perth and has been going for years and years and they do um, education in theatre. Theatre and education, sorry. Um, and then also do public shows. And the director was Stephen Lee. And Angelique Malcolm is the person who kind of, uh, I think she owns and runs Class Act. 
and um, Glynis Best was stage managing it. And then the actors were Rhoda Lopez, Dan Luxon, Whitney Richards, Angelique Malcolm as well, Stephen Lee, Glynis, uh, sorry, Ben Russell and Craig Williams. And I hope to God I haven't left someone out. And if I have, I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, we should Google our stuff. I don't, we don't know. if we don't, As far as we know, they don't have a website. So yeah. We can't plug their website directly so you can get the direct information. But we, we can plug the name Class Act Theatre yeah, yeah. and Bare Naked Theatre. Yeah, um, Google that and check out what definitely. they've been doing. Because they probably still have some shows going around the place. Yeah, they so. actually do. They yeah. still have Hamlet. They've been doing two shows, Hamlet and The Importance of Being Earnest. And they've still got a few shows um, in regional areas yeah, yeah. coming up. Yeah. Um, that is quite interesting. I thought the most interesting from the Q&A was the fact that they are a group that kiss together and they're both doing Hamlet and mm. points in which I'm like, how would you even be able Very to do those so both ways at the same time? Like, and hence having to do some gender crossing in terms mm. of like casting the people, which is interesting and creates a challenge which I think they met fairly well mm. with Ernest anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Points of Ernest has been written by Oscar Wilde um, for those who don't know, but probably everyone does. At least those who <laughs> interesting thing. Um, have you guys ever seen that perform before? Oh yeah, I have. I have. I, I have a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. I went it's and saw it at the Regal Theatre a few years ago, and it had um, Hyacinth Bouquet as the uh, Mrs. Wow. Who's Lady Bracknell. Lady Bracknell. Yeah. yeah. She would be perfect. <laughs> it was quite a, a feat. Everyone was like, "Ooh, you know, from keeping up appearances." Yeah. When was yeah. that? Man, it must have been like just the end of high school, so probably like almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, I saw, I, I don't know if I've seen it once or twice, but the one that I remember best was, funnily enough, Glynis Best also stage managed, and I had forgotten, but I had done lighting on at university. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was a university production. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw that many, many times, obviously, because I was doing lighting every night. Um, but I would definitely say that they, these guys tonight... Um, Class Act and Bare Naked did a really great job. Um, very high caliber of mm. of acting and um, comedy, comedy and timing and pace mm. was mm. great. And um, though I did find a couple of the actors had a bit of a um, the intensity maybe stayed the same for too long for me, and there wasn't enough up and downs. A couple uh, of them, yeah, but a couple, I, yeah. But there were some lovely moments where they where they milked the, the changes. Yeah. Mm. And and you could tell that when they sort of just took their time for a joke to come in and it worked really mm. beautifully. And some of the actors had a beautiful balance between having farce but having it be realistic. So, like, they, they were being truthful in their farcical, in their overacting. There was still truth there. They believed it. Yeah, whereas some of the actors I did find actually um had went fast but went so over the top fast that there wasn't as much truth in it. And Yeah, it became a bit wet. Yeah too wet perhaps yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah largely but the timing and the comedy funny. the audience was just laughing every second it was a great it was I was amazing quite a lot and I knew the, a lot of the yeah. jokes that were coming up yeah. but I still I've, I've, there's a bit that I remember that was great was um, where Ernest is telling Lady Bracknell about where he was born and has to say that he was born in a handbag mm. and it's quite famous her reaction is usually quite famous Lady Bracknell is like uh-huh. a handbag in this way but Craig just Stood up, ripped the piece of paper and, and, and walked over to the bin, put it down, sat back down, a handbag. <laughs> it was just such a really funny way of changing Contrasting, it up. Contrasting, yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> you can, and, I can imagine, I can remember Hyacinth Bouquet going, a handbag. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I would say Rhoda Lopez was um, magnificent in her role. I, I saw her to be a like 
to Mary Poppins, which mm. I think is a phenomenal feat because I saw Mary Poppins put on at West End and both my brother and I agreed that the actress on that stage just did not have what Judy Garland had. And I was watching Rhoda Lopez and I was like, that girl has mm. Judy Garland in her. Like, she was just elegant and sharp and precise and um, but friendly. Like, I don't know, there was this beautiful mix in her. Yeah, mm. it was yeah really intense performance, and they had it. Was, they split it up into three acts, so you had two intermissions, which is quite cool because it was so intense. Because I was like, that was rolling that words. So I don't know how they do it, but mm. it was pretty amazing. Um, so uh, what do you guys think? Do you know, what's your final consensus on Ponsonby's? It was really funny. Mm-hmm. It was a funny show. Have you guys go and see them do Hamlet? I didn't, I didn't get no. a chance to see it. I'm interested to see what they're like in that. Mm, definitely. It's always hard to imagine because yeah. it's so different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I would say it was um, definitely, uh, it was quite well done and I was I was really pleased. Mm-hmm. I was really pleased with the calibre. So, yeah, look out, anyone out there, look out for any class act performances near you. Go check them out because they're a pretty awesome group of actors and Theatre makers. Crew? Theatre makers, yeah, that stick together. They're like a touring yeah. group that stick together so that you can really see that they know each other well to play off each other and it really works well. So um, I think we'll leave you now and we'll um, I'll dub, uh, chuck in the Q&A after this so you can hear it. It's pretty cool. And um, I'll just leave you. Where do you guys find yourselves on the internet so people go check you out? Um, if you search, like you don't have to be... Okay, if you search Theatre and the Colour Passion mm-hmm. on Facebook, you'll find it. Um, if you can't find it because you're not a member of Facebook, <laughs> I kind of want to be like, Where well, have you been? join Facebook. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the most... Theatre and Colour Passion is such a, a tiny group and, and is run by people who um, haven't been able to put any money into it. So we don't actually have a website or anything like that. So at this point, the place to find us is on Facebook. Should we mention Equus because that's ah uh, yeah a the very shows good, that we're seeing next a deal yeah, yeah, amazing yeah it's Georgia thanks do you want to say okay it? yeah well we've got Equus coming up which is on the twenty second of September. September and it is a great deal it's normally eighty dollars but Theatre and the Color Passion members are getting thirty dollar tickets so I I don't know how many seats are left mm. because it's probably getting pretty slim but that's a fifty dollar saving so yeah. it's a pretty good deal and it should be a, an excellent show and there'll be a question and answer session after the show like usual and famous people such as Chris McInnes and Khan Chittenden are in it the famous Australian actors mm. um, that have done various Eastern States television series and and stuff other like that. great. And, and great theatre as well. And Peter Holland's in it. My friends are very excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Peter Holland. Um, yeah, so that'll be kind of exciting. Um, mm. I, hopefully we might do a podcast after that as well. Hopefully some people who come to the Q&A will like to come by. Because yeah. uh, it'd be good to have you know a rotating group because not everyone can be at every podcast. Mm. Um, so it's a bit of an experiment, this podcast, but we'll see how it goes. Um, thanks, guys, for coming along. Um, Thank you for Mishy having us. And Georgia. Thanks, James. King, and uh, you can Google them if you want to get them in your <laughs> theatre show. You won't find me because my, ma- my name is spelled funny. Oh, yeah. I'll spell it on my lips. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you want them in your theatre show, they're obviously passionate about theatre and they're doing pretty well for themselves. Um, thanks for coming, guys. Thank and, you so uh, much. Hope you enjoy the Q&A. Ta, thanks.
Whitney Richards and I play Cecily. Dan Luxton. Ben Russell. My name is Craig Williams. <laughs> I'm Rhoda Lopez. I'm Stephen Lee and I was also <coughs> the director of the show. And I'm Jen's best, I'm the stage manager. Hi Gunnis. Hi. Yay. And we'll take questions I think for about 20 minutes. So oh, I'll let you guys know when it's time's up. Or if you get bored, you can just yeah. leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or if you have no questions at all. Don't feel you have to stay. Uh, I'm trying to remember my history. When was um, Oscar Wilde, when was the play written? The play was written in 1895. It was, in fact, just about the last thing Oscar Wilde wrote um, in terms of stage. It was actually on stage when he was, if anyone doesn't know the story, um, he rather fell foul of the Marquis of Queensbury, who was the father of his boyfriend, and the Marquis of Queensbury accused Wilde of being um, homosexual, and Wilde foolishly sued him for slander. Um, and when he lost, of course, he was then sent to prison for two years of hard labour. And when he got out of prison, his health was broken. He died shortly after. So this was the last, this was kind of the real high point of his career, just before he kind of plunged into the horrors of Reading Jail. And it's just so fascinating, you speaking with me, Shirley, and it's so true how relevant the play still is. I mean, the humour <laughs> and everything that yeah, modern data. references. Yeah. The, yeah, it's fascinating. So whether he was ahead of his time, which obviously he was, I mean, <laughs> being an out and out, you know, homosexual gay boy, you know, he, he really... Yes, what is the relationship between Jack and Al? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, he created a world that was so unusual, even in its day. Yeah. And because it transcended his day, it's transcended ours. So it hasn't dated because it was unusual then, it's unusual yeah. now. So we've just done a play this morning, Hamlet, which is 400 plus years old. And this afternoon we've done Ernest, which is 100 plus years old. And uh, I imagine that in 300 years, Ernest will be 400 years old. <laughs> and still being played. <laughs> so are you feeling old? No. <laughs> just part of history. But it, it is wonderful, we've all been saying, isn't it wonderful? You, it was a fabulous audience tonight, it was just a joy to perform to you. And, um, but it's amazing the laughter and the comedy which still comes from something that is 120 years old. Almost none of these jokes are dated at all. Um, and it has just been a joy, and I think probably everyone in the cast will agree, it's been such a pleasure to just perform it today. You guys were fabulous. Mm -hmm. Has any of you seen it, has all of you seen a movie being performed live before, or some of you just read it? I saw a production, I was just telling the rest of the cast, it was my first play I think I ever paid money myself to, to see, and I saw it on this stage in 1984. Uh, Bernie and Jenny Davis were in it, and I can't remember the rest of the cast, but, uh, but I, I saw that uh, as a year 11 student, and, um, and then came back to see a whole heap of other plays that really inspired me to, to now here I am, it's amazing. And I've stage managed it, when I was at uni, I stage managed it with um, uni students, so it's really interesting to stage manage it again, so yeah, second time for me. Uh, it's the first time. I think uh, our first rehearsal was the first time I kind of read the whole thing. What <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> was your reaction? You didn't even read it then, I was, did you? I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, and yeah. I think Rhoda should also I should tell the little thing you said to me when I cast Ah, uh, yeah. For me, um, uh, it was one, it's one of my favourite plays since high school because we studied it in English Lit. And I always thought, being Asian, I'm never going to get a chance to play it. So I was really grateful to Stephen when he said, I'm going to blind cast it and 
we'll let the audience decide what happened that, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> Lady Bracknell had an affair with the pool boy or something who <laughs> <laughs> was Chinese or I don't know. So, so it's, it's really nice to be able to do it, to perform mm. it. Yeah. It's amazing how many other people want to play the roles of Cecily and Gwendolyn. I mean, the people in the bar here want to play the roles, you know. They, they, want, they wish that one day they'll get the pay. chance. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes? yes. <laughs> no, it's a great, it's a great response. We've just done a tour of um, the southwest, a whole of different little country towns, and I think a lot of people probably twig that I was a bloke in drag for Lady Bracknell. But I think we fooled quite a few people that I also play the other butler. Like it's a, it's a great response when I take the wig off at the end. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually playing Hamlet in the other version, and he's a skinhead sort of rock punk kind of guy. So anyway. Um, and the fact is, I didn't have to shave all that much, Maria. <laughs> Just around the back, yeah. How did the kids take it when you took it away? Did they react as easily and accessible to the show? The we. No. Oh, sorry? <laughs> no. Well, Ernest has been a huge hit wherever we've taken mm. it. I mean, it's just yeah. been a yeah. massive response from audiences. But there were schools in tonight. Yeah, we said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, in terms of like age group, um, I have to say that the majority of people that have come to see Ernest have been seniors that have, um, you know, from the age of 40 up, let's say. So not all seniors. <laughs> but uh, who have, have familiarity with, you know, the play. Um, it's been good to have some schools in, but yeah, we haven't had a majority young audience by any means, unlike Hamlet, which we've had a majority of a young audience. But it's been interesting. We noticed that when we were performing the play at Busselton, um, sitting right at the front, there was a girl who was probably 10 years old, 11 years old, just going... Yeah, she's yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. To, yeah. You, you're, I'm saying to myself, yeah, by about halfway through, she's going to be bored, but she wasn't. Mm. And that's what's been really good, that when we've had, um, this has gone down so well, places like Hope Town, uh, we've had like large kind of mining, or now like ex-mining communities, mm. and the people have just loved it. Um, and it's in, a in Hope Town, we had a ring of 10 children around the stage. <laughs> you know, literally oh, almost right. crawling on. You had to walk over them yeah. to get on. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them were asleep, though. <laughs> yeah, and tomorrow afternoon, there's a lot of families coming, quite an extraordinary number of families uh, coming tomorrow afternoon, bringing their kids. So, yeah. Bit of feedback on that. Um, uh, a lot of the young ones were mentioning the movie. I'd forgotten that there even mm. was a movie, uh -huh. and I was sitting here going, grum, grum. Read it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then now I understand why that generation. So there is some exposure mm. there. There was one other comment which I thought was gorgeous because, of course, you're eating sandwiches, and I was trying to sit up for singer and talk to. If you didn't cover the front row, you know, we spit them. You're pretty much. And as they're walking out, some of the young ones who are down the front, here, oh, no, we're just spitting the whole it's interesting thing, because anyone who doesn't yeah. know this, it is actually impossible to properly project and oh, fill a bed yeah. unless you're spitting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sorry for anyone who is in the front row, particularly who got hit with bits of cucumber and mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, you were lucky. Yeah, my mouth was dry today, but yes, back on tour there was one particular day where it was just like wet. <laughs> Great story. Great, yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes Algernon has had to sort of like go... This <laughs> <laughs> gets a huge laugh. Yeah, I love that time. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favourite. No? Uh, yeah, they are actually now. They're pretty good. Uh, at first there was margarine, and that wasn't so great, but uh, now, there you go. 
We've tried a lot of things on those, yeah. those muffins. At first I was like, muffins are going to be fine. No. They're really, they're really glutinous and I shouldn't, I shouldn't be eating wheat as it is. And we had to count exactly how many pieces of cucumber sandwich how, how many, it's choreographed. Um, yeah, because it's like because when we tried it, was there was too many muffin pieces, and then there was too many cucumber sandwiches. So we had to kind of like keep taking them out and taking them until we got the right amount. So because yeah. Wild doesn't help there, he he has him constantly saying things like, "There's just two left," you know, yeah. and there has to be two left at that point, you know. Um, that's probably one of the more difficult things to do, I'd say, Ben. Stupid muffin. <laughs> <laughs> there has been a few bits of cucumber sandwich hidden. In <laughs> yes, on the there was occasion. one performance where he didn't manage to get through all the cucumber sandwiches, and I very quickly sort of like hid one, <laughs> so it was empty. I was watching for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? So do you guys do another uh, Oscar Wilde play now? Like, is, is, is it's a very interesting thing. Um, this play is, if anybody does go to think, oh yes, I must read more Oscar Wilde, most of his other plays are not like this. They are funny, they have occasional little sparkly bits of dialogue, but they're just basically an ordinary world with maybe one character in who's a bit of like algae in this play, is, is a bit sort of wild in his way. But this is the only play where every single character inhabits this strange world where everyone talks in clever witticisms and... And uh, the whole world's thing is turned upside down. That's really what's interesting about the play. Everything that we consider unimportant and trivial, the number of muffins you're going to eat and all that, becomes crucially important. Whereas the important things like religion and God are just thrown away as kind of nothing, or tiny things. That's where he's inverted the whole world. And this is the only play he did that. It'd been very interesting to see what he would have gone on to write. Um, a bit like Joe Wharton in the 60s, very similar, who was starting to get more and more unusual in his writing. But, and like Wilde, Orton died just at the peak of his power. I mean, again, what would he have written after there? Um, and they're often compared to each other. The text is quite difficult in terms of... I mean, how, how is it to learn? That's what I'm interested in compared to other... Oh. I mean, you're doing Hamlet as well, which is... <laughs> Go, God, Hamlet is easier... <laughs> Hamlet, yeah, Hamlet has uh, Hamlet has a lot more lines for for everybody, but um, but in a way, uh, Stephen was explaining before, oh, yeah, especially for me, and I'm I'm still trying to get the lines out. Um, but because you've got that, because it's a tragedy and it's dealing with emotions, and and you're you're largely a lot of soliloquies where it's just one actor has the free reign of the stage, and and you can you can sort of time it yeah, as you as you go along, you can change things. This show being a comedy, it's precise it's yeah. precision you've got to get the words out then we've noticed the moment you do stumble on a line mm. you miss that gag like the audience will just be ahead of you and they'll guess what you're going to say or you it just it's just not funny um and the rhythm of the words like the, the words are so specific and i found what i found really difficult was there are adjectives but then there are extra 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 adjectives that you have to put into the sentence um just to get the rhythm and the space right yeah, yeah so that was that was really hard also phrases like you behave as if you were married to her already, or not married to her already, and I don't think you're ever will be. It's a lot of H's. <laughs> <laughs> well, well he's screwed. Constant. I mean, that's such a good. He yeah. uses a lot of on a um throughout it. I mean, P's and T's and you know, alliteration. Yeah. So, in terms of learning, um, that's one of the 
cues to learning it and really is necessary for the comedy to actually pull out what he's given you. I mean, there are lots of clues in the writing as to what words you should actually be pinging because he's, you know, it's either all the P's or it's all the T's or whatever. And there is also a lot um, of mirror stuff, which means that one character will say something and the next character will say something almost identical except he's using a load of synonyms mm. instead of the original words. Mm. And you have to be so precise about that kind of stuff. And the tone's almost different. So one's sarcasm, one's direct, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I blah, blah, I'm going to marry Cecily, I adore her. Well, I'm going to marry Gwendolyn, I love her, you know. And, and there are all these different things and you get one adjective, as you're saying, out of place. And the whole thing sounds wrong. Wilde does depend on being as close as you can to what he actually wrote. Shakespeare, strangely, you can get away with occasional, unless you, as long as you don't say, to be or not to be, that's the point. You can get away with And if you could improvise in iambic pentameter. Would you guys find a magic by Shakespeare? Yeah. No, I've kind of proved I can. I mean, I mean, in terms of you know, words or synonyms, or if you find you can't, you know, if, when a line doesn't come to you, you've still got to say something, so it comes out, and uh, it's not, it's not ideal. <laughs> but yeah. And you try to say the vowels and the, the vowels, and or speak properly if you are making it up. <laughs> you didn't see the show, did you? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. We. we it's, it's exactly. The, we speak it as as written. There's no. No, what I'm saying is if you have to make up a line, do you improvise oh, in thousands yeah. of these? Look, it's, actually, it's not those words that trip you up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more, you know, it's, it's a particular noun or something that, that you just then have to find a way of saying the sentence or... They're very Anybody good at covering it up. Yeah, I think Laurence Olivier discovered that if you say anything with absolute conviction, it carries. Because he was in a Shakespeare production once and he was supposed to say um, a lioness was crouching in the woods. He actually completely blanked and said a baroness was crouching in the woods. <laughs> Nobody smiled or laughed at all because he did it with utter conviction and they were thought, well, I don't know, but it must mean something. Right? <laughs> So yeah, the, 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 yeah. I was just, the, the beauty of uh, a production of Hamlet is the original script is four and a half hours long, mm. and so we've cut it down to just over two hours. So there's a lot of material that's gone. So any purists in the audience who know the script really well, we can just say, no, no, oh, I'm just cutting out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So if you want to see Hamlet and you haven't seen it, you have an opportunity. You can come to Mandurah. It's not that far. <laughs> yeah. On the 18th, on the 18th of September, 11 a.m. show and an 8 p.m. show at Mandurah. That's the closest one that you can see if you haven't seen a Hamlet yeah, and you want to see what we do. The same company, and this is one of the wonderful things about this, is we are a company of players and we are doing what they did 400 years ago. A company of players touring through the regions with a couple of players up their sleeves, performing to audiences mm. all over wherever. And uh, putting on a different show every night, you know. Hamlet, great. Tragedy I, tomorrow, comedy I'm tonight. Sorry, we laughed all <laughs> yeah, Hamlet is a tragedy and it's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of comedy in Hamlet because Shakespeare knew for a fact you've got to have four, if you can have a four hour long play and you don't put any comic stuff in, it's going to drag. <laughs> um, but it is very interesting actually, people were saying about comparing Wilde and Shakespeare. You can cut four and a half hours and we cut two hours or more. And you can do that. I, we couldn't cut a single line of the wild. There's no, every time you look, well, it's too tight. Every single word. Although it's interesting that Oscar Wilde actually wrote this play to be about 40 minutes longer than it is. 
and he took it in and when he handed it in um, the, the man who was running the show actually said to him but look I want to put a ballet on Oscar this plays too long to have that and a ballet so uh, please could you cut an act he said you wish me to cut an act of my play do you know how long this took to write that's that's four hours work wasted but he did <laughs> he cut a good 40 minutes out of the play whole sections of things that happened and I have to be honest, it's probably all the better for it because he had to tighten it to the point where there's nothing else that needs to go. You know, mm. it's incredibly tight. Why did you choose to do three acts when a lot of people who put on shows now that have three acts don't do three acts? Mm. Very difficult to, where do you put, what you do you do in this? It. You can't put the interviews okay. anywhere else. You need the resolution. You just can't yeah, do it. Yeah. It's impossible to put... it was great having two, two intervals. Yeah. I got a break and I realised that I so often go see a show that's meant to be three acts and I get really exhausted and I get yeah. kind of bored because they give me one interval to kind of rest my brain. Yeah. And I've actually kind of yeah. noticed how much more comfortable it becomes going, oh, that was really quick. And now I can have a walk around. It's because it's the, the first act and the third act are sort of, you know, decent sizes. But then you've got that big Chunk. second act, which yeah. is just a... And you've got to have a break. In mm. And also it's a very prop-heavy play. So, like, there's... Mm. I'm out there making tea and I'm saying, oh, Craig, put the teapot on check this, check that bit. And we're chipping each other all the time the because there's cups and teapots so and tea going there. everywhere. Mm -hmm. So being a really heavy plate, I don't think we could have done, change. you know, you've got to change things over. So we, we need really needed that break. Yeah. Mm. But interesting, in terms of positioning of interval, um, just going back to Hamlet again, um, having cut Hamlet, which is, you know, five acts and was designed to be performed in an afternoon with four breaks between every act, um, we then cut it down to two and a half hours and we put the interval at an appropriate point in the script, which is right up, you know, uh, leading up to the point where Hamlet gets banished to England. And then he goes to England and then the play moves on. So that's the place to put the interval. And we went, well, we have an hour and a half in the first half of the show and then we have like 45 minutes for the back half of the show. And so we had to move the interval. And it actually interrupted the flow of the, of the play. I mean, we could justify it, but in terms of the, like, the flow of the play, the the um, the sense of the chron the chronology, we we you know it 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 wasn't in the right place. So you have to make sacrifices, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, because of course Hamlet, as Diane said, was intended to be done, and the intervals they would have had would have been very brief, like what they call the act time in Elizabethan theatre would have been maybe a piece of music, just time for people to walk to the edge of the theatre and pee in the river and come back. Uh, but yes, this play you couldn't you couldn't split it any other way. No other, you couldn't. Uh, the acts are all different. They're supposed to be different scenes. So you can start. Right. We'll just do a couple more questions. Oh, if there are. We'll be stretching now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the the scene where um, Cecily and Fairfax are having tea, a frozen tea. That's like the only section where there isn't lots of dialogue. Did you guys have to think about that? to like get a comic tying rack because it's not being driven by the dialogue? Or is it just come naturally? Aren't they clever? Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, brilliant. Because it was very funny. I enjoy the silence. And I think it, because it, it's a, it's been so loud up until then, everyone's just so with it. Yeah. And as soon as you feel them, I don't know, it's, I don't know. And it was choreographed. It took a while during rehearsal yeah. to actually work out. <laughs> I'm going to give you this piece of cake. Oh, How many yeah. sugars can I put in? Give you this, how about we exchange it, give that to Miss Fairfax. Like, it's very, very choreographed. And Whitney was 
was uh, not liking it for a while because she was hey, like, props. I hate props. <laughs> so yeah, because it's yeah quite tricky. And then even to give Craig reaction time as Merriman, which worked tonight as well. So yeah. So there's a like real skill. I, like I mean, I think you're seeing some very skillful actors at work. In my opinion, I watched that scene from down the side today, to, and I was watching how the skill that they really showed was to make something that really and truly took a lot of detailed work. And we spent ages like, no, 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 you, no, you can't pick that up now because then we're looking <laughs> at this and, and yet making it look like they're just messing around and, have, and, and enjoying the thing. Uh, and that's a great skill and they, they did it brilliantly. I'd love um, to compliment your facial expressions amongst everything else. I mean, like, you guys acted that. I wanted to compliment anyway. The whole production, I was so impressed. I've seen a lot of you and this was great. Thank you. Um, but the, the detail, like for that scene, for instance, just the... The, 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 you know, she pulls up, oh, grumpy, and then she's mm, this way. You know, just the, it was just incredible. I can't describe it because it was done with the, the body, the face, but it was, I was right up the back. It was perfectly visible. The time was we, um, we have a very good understanding in this company of the importance of reaction. Mm -hmm. That, um, you know, you have, a, you have an a, a line and then you have a reaction. And the audience <laughs> is looking for it. They're looking to see what impact the line That's has right. and you get the reaction, you get the payoff, you get mm -hmm. the laugh. So that's all, that's all that is, is just us thinking, yep. you know, we're just thinking. It's a, it's a bit like what you were saying before about um, comedy needing to be so precise because, because there's a tempo to it, you, you set up a rhythm, the, the acts where we're really racing through dialogue set up a certain rhythm and so therefore there's a contrast when there's the quiet moments, that's a rhythm of its own and, it's, yes. and, it, and it increases the tension. Um, there's, there's a famous moment, a lot of people who've... Um, who, who know the play, when, when just that line. I, I always get it quoted to me when I say, I'm playing Langley Brackmore, and they go, a handbag! <laughs> like, that's the one people expect. And because we decided to do something slightly different where I actually underplay it and tear the note up and they just go, a handbag, right? <laughs> yeah, just hold it right down. Um, we tried that several ways. Like, the, and it, Dan and I discovered the distance apart we were, or if I looked at him first and then said the line, or if I said the line first and then looked at him, or if, if, we, if we broke the tension at any or moment. If I pulled out and then went back in. Yeah, we would we lose the laugh. Just lose the laugh. Just had to maintain the tension. And once we found it and discovered what it was, and we've repeated it every time, we, we almost always get it. Yeah, and those details just made it. I loved your character had some, the voice modulations, just brilliant. I loved but it. Also, what you find now, I think most of the actors will probably agree on this. You spend when you're playing something, this is a farce. Ernest mustn't yeah. be ever forgotten, it is a farce. And it means farce acting. And when you're being told nine plays out of ten, stop showing me that, don't do that look, that's just too much, keep it down, don't show. Just to be told, show anything you like. Let your face show things. It's great, it's a lovely liberating thing to be able to do. Um, and I, I have to say, I will... Would honestly, I'm sure everybody agree. We had as probably as much fun doing the play tonight mm. as you guys did watching. Mm. At least I hope so. Sure. Uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> Great way. To Thank end you. I <laughs> um, also let, like to let you guys all know that um, James Pontifex here has been recording this as a podcast. It's the first time we've done this, and we're going to continue on with every show we see and every discussion we have. Podcasting, just the discussion, so you can find it online. And have a listen. So if you didn't get to make it to that show or whatever, you can still see what everyone talked about. So again, um, if you want to get those details, I'll be out there. And can we please give the cast and crew a really good And hopefully the bar is still open.
you can find the Chimrish FM website at fm.chimrish.com. <laughs>